Welcome to the Symbol Podcast, Episode 6. My name is Dave Collingwood. I'm an independent symbolsmith and I run Collingwood Symbols from my workshop in Bristol, UK. Today's guest is James Vine, a drummer also based in Bristol. He's currently busy with several projects, including his band Waldo's Gift. We talked about the band's approach to improvisation and James's thoughts on cymbals, drums and the creative process. Let's listen. I'd like to welcome to the Symbol Podcast episode six, James Vine, who joins me here in my home. Hello. Uh, hi, James. How's it going? Yeah, really good. Thanks. Cool. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Thanks <laughs> for coming along. Not at all. Um, so James is a customer of mine sometimes and have, plays a few of my cymbals and a few of other people's cymbals, which is obviously fine. <laughs> um, yeah, he is busy with the band Waldo's Gift at the moment. I... I sort of I thought maybe I'd start with a funny thing I saw on your Instagram, uh, which was a little interview you or one of your guys was doing with members of the public about the new Waldo's Gift album, saying, "Are oh, you excited <laughs> about it?" And you were interviewing just anybody, like yeah. old women, students, and they were going, "Never heard of them. Who are they?" Yeah, it's hilarious. What, what was the thinking there, if there was any? Uh, I just thought it'd be really funny to. I mean, Waldo's Gift is quite a weird band. <clears throat> and I think, you know, it's all improvised, weird, experimental, mathy jazz. And putting out our first album, let me put this on silent. <laughs> yeah. Um, putting out our first album and, you know, I don't know, there wasn't really much of a considered thought process, but yeah. it was more, how do we publicize this album? Obviously, we don't have a huge PR company and all this other stuff. So Yeah, right. And obviously, most people aren't going to have heard of us. So I thought, let's just embrace that, and it'll be Great. quite funny. <laughs> yeah, right. That's brilliant. It's um, that kind of anti-publicity. Like, yeah, reminded me a bit of. I was talking to Sam Wistonoff on another episode I did about oh, yeah. sort of humour and comedy and Chris Morris type comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously interviewing the public. Usually, though, they. I suppose this was quite a direct question, but the public will go along with something and yeah but but this time it was literally never heard of it i thought that was great like <laughs> yeah. great angle just to yeah go we with. sort of slipped that question in amongst like other more general questions i thought so, so yeah from the yeah. edit i could yeah so see. it's kind of like uh we just i mean we were very transparent we said look we would you like us to ask you or would you be up for us asking you some questions about like the bristol music scene mm. uh with you know making a little video for facebook for a band can we ask you some questions everyone's like yeah cool so he said, you know, like, really general questions. What's your favorite song? What's your favorite band? Yeah. What's a gig that you've been to that's really spoken to you? What's your, you know, what's your favorite Bristol band or something? And then, have you heard of Waller's Gift? And just like, you know, once you've been had a rapport for a minute or so, yeah. people ask, answering real questions and they're like, oh, actually, no, sorry, I have no idea who they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's quite funny. Yeah, I um, saw it. You know, you had a fair few likes on that. I think that's a... A yeah, cool, was, cool was, way to do good. things. Yeah. So, so like, I didn't realize Waldo's gift is is a hundred percent improvised. Is it? Like, yeah. Every show is totally improvised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Completely. Yeah, completely from Just, start to finish. Yeah, and you've got a weekly residency mm. here in Bristol at the Gallimalfrey on yep. Gloucester Road on every Wednesday. We every we- every yeah. Wednesday night. <laughs> is it Wednesday today? It's, it's Thursday. It's it Thursday. Was last night. Okay, it was last yeah. night. How was that? Yeah, great. We had a. We try and sort of mix it up every week. So obviously, that was where the improv thing came from, to be honest. Because oh, yeah. Waldo's was kind of born out of this weekly galley residency. Okay. James, who runs the galley, we kind of he was looking for something new every Wednesday, and this I'd just met Alan, the guitarist, and we'd kind of been jamming, but we were by no means a band. Yeah. And so we kind of got together with Harry, the bass player, just for this residency. And playing every week, we couldn't play the songs, the few songs that we'd written every week. It would be so boring. So we just sure. started making stuff up and people seemed to like that more than the songs we'd written. So we yeah. rolled with it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So are you getting a regular audience or do you get a lot of new, yeah, new yeah, folk yeah. coming in? I mean, we, we, we sort of, what I was going to, yeah, we mix it up every week. So last week we had, I mean, yesterday we had this band called Pie Jan who are from London. They came and sort of did a double bill with us mm. um, and... Yeah, we, 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 they're super, super cool. They were a band on tour from London, like young jazz vibes. Yeah. And yeah, it was really, really great. So you always getting new people in. I guess there's a kind of core following now because we've been doing it for a couple of years. But That's great. Um, there's always new people. You know, we've done like a night of Aphex twin music. Yeah, Which cool. is, you know, yeah. improv, but like, 
based on Aphex themes, I guess. Sure. That's a name that keeps cropping up in, in the, all the episodes I've done, actually, in the yeah. podcast. I think he's a real common theme in anyone yeah, kind of interested in music, I suppose, mm. to, to whatever degree. Especially in drums. Yeah, yeah, right. Have you actually tried to do any kind of direct transcriptions of anything of his or, or like any other uh, kind of electronic I bits and bobs? I would say... <clears throat> I would say direct transcriptions, no, in terms of I've never sat down and like note for note notated an Aphex track. Yeah. Because I would say not it's impossible, but, you know, there's lots of stuff going on that was not was never designed to be notated in a conventional manner. Sure. But uh, yeah, I've definitely really kind of listened and taken piece of taken ideas and mm. taken concepts that he uses and I'm you know uh and I really enjoy translating them onto an acoustic drum set and yeah yeah and and again there's loads of other drummers that have done that before me and, True, I, yeah. and I can take their interpretation as well and that inspires me too you know right yeah lots of incredible drummers that do that kind of thing yeah that's interesting like, yeah you know there's a guy <clears throat> called Adam Betts who plays He's square, square pusher, pusher yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had him down at the Waldo's galley night at, like last year, and that kicked off. He did his solo show, yeah. You know, so and it was rammed. There were people trying to climb in through the windows to get <laughs> into the Gallimalfrey. It was madness. Wow, cool. Um, it was really cool. Uh, but yeah, he's someone who you know, obviously, he spent a lot of time listening and absorbing yeah. this kind of style, and he has a very unique take on it that's really inspiring. It's full of fiery energy and it's yeah, awesome brilliant know, really captures that almost like existential craziness that <laughs> you find in Aphex and Square Pusher stuff sure yeah yeah I, I hear that cool yeah um so like just going back to Waldo's then <laughs> yeah, yeah so yeah. You, you say you're releasing your first album it came out last oh, week oh last week was it yeah yeah oh, yeah congrats thank you <laughs> uh, so you've been on tour yeah as well the past week or so haven't you yeah we so we were very humbled, very lucky to be asked to go on tour with this band called Ishmael Ensemble, who are also from Bristol, doing really amazingly, who also put out their record last week. Right. Um, yeah, I, I got asked by Pete, who is the kind of leader of that band, to sort of sit in uh, on the drums for them on this tour, uh, which was an awesome opportunity. Um, and then there's only two more people to bring Waldo's along. So it was yeah, yeah. super easy to just bring the whole trio along to support. And the Ishmael album really is like a celebration of the Bristol music scene right now. There's right. Um, loads of collaborations on it with lots of people who are very active in the Bristol jazz scene right now, or not just jazz, like kind of further afield. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, so Pete was super keen to bring along another Bristol band cool. for the tour. Yeah, um, great. Which is awesome. Yeah, so we did like the north of England last week. Uh, and that was the kind of quote-unquote Tory bit where it was, you know, five or so dates back to back. Right, um, yeah. But technically the tour is still ongoing. There's Cardiff next week. and oh, Cool. The guys, so Ishmael guys are originally from Froome. So there's like a homecoming show in, in Froome next week as well, which is going to be really fun. Which venue? Uh, I think it's called the Granary. Oh yeah, I've never been. Or, yeah, but I think I know what you mean. Yeah, it's a very small little intimate thing. I think it's just gonna be their like family and friends there, so it'd be quite funny. That's nice. <laughs> That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So, so yeah, really, really, really awesome to to tour with them and tour a fully improvised set. Like, yeah. And it be every night completely different, mm. and you know, we we the, our approach with the improv show is very much because uh, there's a very thin line between three guys just politely, you know, because what we play isn't the most accessible. It's sometimes very accessible, but it can get a bit wacky. Yeah. And I don't want it to ever be misconstrued as like three guys just like showing off on stage, you know? Like so, trying to be difficult <clears throat> and Yeah, trying to be like really and... like skilled. Because yeah, sure, sometimes I play loads of notes, but, yeah, the, you know, we really want it to be a kind of inclusive, just sort of, uh, trying to embrace the moment and just allowing anyone to express themselves in any way they want. So mm. I kind of, I don't really talk during the set. It's, it's very much a, we all, you know, usually just play through from start to finish. We don't stop. Yeah. So at the start, I kind of say, hey, you know, this is what we're doing. And if anyone wants to 
express themselves in any way possible is kind of a safe place to do so and i'm trying we yeah, want to cultivate yeah. a, a safe space and therefore it's not about like look at us on stage rah, rah. it's more yeah let's kind of let's yeah. be in this together yeah. so are you kind of feeding <laughs> off the audience as well then like definitely, definitely does that kind of inform your directions that you're yeah, kind of going yeah, sometimes yeah yeah, yeah you know, definitely like seeing what's coming back at you of course, like, you know, and, and I mean, it's not just the, I mean, definitely the audience, you know, there's other factors as well. Like if we're playing on a bigger sound system, then, mm. you know, it might be dancier, the tunes, you know, and, sure, then, and then obviously yeah. then people dancing and you see, you feed that energy from the audience and that kind of comes back at you and... Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a cyclical thing, cool. which, is, which I really enjoy. Yeah, that's quite alive, <clears throat> you know, if, if that's the right way to put it. Yeah, sort of. totally, it's alive. It's, it's just like unadulterated expression which yeah. i really love i awesome. love that so much yeah but you're yeah. talking about accessibility as well so like everyone's in the room and yeah yeah i mean we've yeah. had such a great response on this tour it's, it's you know it's really strange because i've got other projects where we write music and we tour songs in a more conventional manner yeah but with waldo's yeah it's it's, it's interesting because i mean again we're not the first people to just play completely improvised music we're not the first people by any means to tour that kind of concept mm but it's the first time that I've done it. And yeah, it's really interesting. And, and it's been really humbling to see the response from people around the country and really dig, you know, dig it. And it's, yeah, yeah. it's been real nice. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Mm. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about symbols for a bit because that, that's kind of why this is here. So, yeah. so tying into the, the Waldo's gift and your tours yeah. and, and records, um, I, I know one of the rides you play because I made it, but um, what have you been touring in, in terms of kit and, and cymbals? Uh, well, yeah, I've been touring your rides. It's been perfect. Good man. I came to you for a ride that was dark and complex, but would fight guitars and synths on a bigger stage. Yeah. And that is perfect. Yeah, yeah, man. I cool. love it. That's uh, good. Good. It's great. Um, what else is in the mix then? What I have a little... <clears throat> I have a little Collingwood Bell. Oh, do you? The little steel one I bought from you ages ago. God, really? Okay. Yeah, and yeah. I love that. I, you know, it kind of feeds into the sort of Aphexy vibe. It goes on the snare sometimes to kind yeah, of make right. the snare a bit more 808, kind of yeah. tighter so and higher short, pitch. Short and sharp. And, yeah. yeah, and then also kind of functions as a little glitchy bleep. Um, but I really like putting it upside down on top of the hi-hats as well. And then when you sort of splash the hi-hats with your foot, it kind of just clunks against the stand and it makes yeah. this nice sort of weird glitchy broken beat sound cool um okay yeah Great. um other things i I've, I've got some agops istanbul agops yeah um i really like how they sit how they sound um what what series what is it so More sort have, of drier yeah all drier like yeah i've got a 30th anniversary ride oh, yeah. i didn't actually use that on the tour usually i usually use my my kind of normal setup is for most of my projects is usually two rides that are kind of larger, darker, washier yeah. rides that kind of function as crashes as well. Sure, yeah. Uh, some sort of a Fexy symbol on the right. So at the moment, it's like a HHX Ozone. Oh, yeah. One of those just like for yeah. loud, loud times. Yeah. And then, yeah, a pair of hats. And I recently picked up a pair of, uh, again... A GOP, um, their OMS, the OM I series. Know. Is that that's the Cindy Blackman? Yeah, ones? signature. Yeah, they're amazing. Are they're they? so yeah. good, man. I love them because they're. I mean, when you get them, they're like they're literally black. They're like so dark. Yeah, and <clears throat> so they've got this real dark, kind of complex tone. But for some reason, as well, I don't know why. Maybe you could explain to me. They've got a very high profile. Right. And they've got a real white, noisy, real high sort okay. of frequency edge to them as well are they quite chunky or they're quite thin they're quite thin quite thin quite tight um, though yeah yeah they, yeah yeah and and they cool. make a real when they're super tight they make a very white noisy sort of glitchy sound but nice. then they yeah wash open it's it's great for me I, I really like them yeah and then i have a pair of uh just like hhx legacy hats like oh, 14s yeah. Yeah. kind of like they're sort of an old you know zildjian a kind of yeah copy thing, kind of thing but, yeah but they're great they're yeah. great as well they're cool. a different thing but yeah so that's a, that's quite a mixture i mean obviously you've got the agops or the 
Yeah, yeah I've got, got a few um, AGOPs, yeah. Yeah, and then a couple of mine. Yeah. And that Sabian, the, what is it, the Ozone, the HSX? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so you're kind of mixing and matching just to get a palette of sounds. Yeah, yeah. By the really? Things. Yeah. yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, it's that, it's that. I mean, I, I, I don't tend to, like, really dive into one company. Yeah. I mean, growing up, Growing up, I was obsessed with Chad Smith. So, mm-hmm. like, Red Hot Chili Peppers. I was just yeah. one of those guys, like, through my whole teens, I wanted to be Chad Smith. He was, like, the god. Right. He's, I mean, he's great. He's, he's a dude. Um, and so he played Sabian. You know, you see him playing Sabian. So I got myself, like, a set of Sabians, and yeah. they did me well. Sure. Um, and then as I got more into jazz and weirder music and kind of started to like music where this is where it sort of came from, where the symbols don't necessarily like overwhelm the rest of the kit. Mm. So I went more from rock music where the symbols, I guess, traditionally a bit thicker, a bit brighter. Yeah. Yeah. Started to really enjoy symbols that sat a bit lower in the mix and didn't quite expand over the whole frequency spectrum. Yeah. So that's when okay. I went to, and I, I get everyone's doing it now, you know, it's not, it's, it's the trend right now for the thinner, darker symbols. Yeah, but, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I've got into that a lot more. That's cool. I was going to ask you actually about about rock music and mm. if there's kind of any or how much of that there is in your in your past oh, and how that's informed 100%. you. Hundred percent. Yeah. All all rock. <laughs> all rock. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I started playing when I was like eleven. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I started playing. I started playing because I just tapped on everything, just like on my legs or whatever. And my mum was just like mate you can't keep tapping on everything that is driving me insane <laughs> yeah and so in a very supportive lovely way she's just said all right i'm gonna get you some drum lessons when you start secondary school nice and that will hopefully tame your tapping impulses but it just made it worse i guess and i tapped on <laughs> loud things <laughs> yeah right yeah. um <laughs> so that was it and and then yeah i got into like red hot chili peppers and i was obsessed with that for ages um and yeah, like before that, I was really into kind of like Linkin Park, oh, right. new metal sort yeah. of thing. And new metal. And yeah. new yeah. new metal. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that kind of thing. Slipknot, like, re- and and slowly throughout my teens, I got more and more into metal, metal. Yeah. You know, I found like the gent genre, which is, which you know, kind of pined to my mathy brain yeah uh and from there yeah i just sort of delved deeper into like metal and weird time signatures and yeah. then when i came to bristol uh about eight years ago i was in that phase i really started getting into jazz but i was playing i started playing jazz in like the uni big band but oh, yeah. i was playing jazz as a rock drum <laughs> i was one of those guys it was like ting 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 you know, and I was playing on my big, thick Sabian AAXs and I was had my big Pearl Export set and I was, but you know, so I was a fake jazz drummer. Sure. I probably still am a fake jazz drummer, but right. um, yeah, rock is so ingrained in me, man. Like two years ago, I went to see Meshuggah. Oh yeah. Was, like, I love that. I yeah. love that so much. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was one of the most exciting gigs I've ever been to, I think. I cool. came out feeling like I'd just witnessed the end of the world in the best way. <laughs> <laughs> you might witness it again soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah, a yeah, different yeah. way. But uh, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I I haven't been playing as much as I used to, you sure. know, before, like having a family and stuff. But yeah. but whenever I do actually play something really mm. heavy and expressive and, you know, maybe a bit mathematical, not for the sake of it, but just yeah. something to really get your head Never around. Never for the sake of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I just, I always feel so kind of calm afterwards, like, yeah. oh yeah, that's why I play. Yeah, dude. You know, that, not that it has to all be about that, but yeah, yeah. My partner, a space for that. My partner just doesn't get that, like, um, I mean, we're both musicians. Yeah. And she very much, if she needs to relax, she'll listen to like Debussy or sure, yeah. something very calming. She's a pianist as well. So like, right. you know, for her, piano music is like the most soothing, amazing music. And I don't get me wrong, I love Debussy. And, but sometimes if I'm feeling a bit stressed, I'll put on something that's like incredibly heavy. Yeah. And Holly is just like, how can you listen to that to de-stress <laughs> you? But I don't know, it's something about it that almost like it, 
my brain starts to analyze what's going on or you know perhaps it's some complicated rhythmic stuff yeah, yeah. and then it kind of soothes me in a way because it kind of takes up all of my brain power yeah <laughs> i mean like, it's still expressive isn't it if yeah you know yeah, good yeah, good metal music good yeah. piano music good anything oh I'm, i mean expressive. yeah i mean that's what i like about taking it back to waldo's but um you know on that album there's stuff that is very metally pseudo metally yeah. and there's stuff that's a six minute ambient beautiful piano-esque soundscape and i love that i love yeah. all of that great but you know there's a place for all of that i guess totally but, yeah I, I yeah anyway going back to metal i bloody love metal <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah me too yeah it's it's great stuff i'm really into uh, what was I listening to? All pigs must die. It's, Whoa! I don't know that. Do you know them? It's the sounds metal. Drum, yeah, <laughs> the, it's really, really intense. Wow. But it's so exciting. It's the drummer from Converge. If oh you, yeah, you know yeah, those yeah. guys. Uh, yeah, it's it's brutal. Like even cool. the name, you know. And yeah. I think what's the album called? I can see it from here. God is war. That's it. It's it's strong. Everything about it is just <laughs> lay it on thick, <laughs> you know. And it's brilliant. It's awesome. it's amazing. The riffs are stunning, and the production, you know, it's massive. Yeah. So you can just listen to it and just be in it completely. Yeah. It's amazing. There's that guy, that producer Nolly Getgood, who lives in. He's from Bath. Oh yeah. And he. Do you know there's a band called Periphery? Do you know them? I think so, yeah. They're like a yeah. they're like one of these they hate the term gent gent band. It's just like that kind of thing. Like chuggy. Chuggy Chuggy metal. Yeah. Sort of Meshuga vibe. Yeah. Okay. New Meshuga. N U Meshuga. <laughs> um He used to play bass for them, but now just produces them and he's like almost developed his own very signature production sound with like this kind of new genre of metal rhythmic metal mm. it just makes the drums and it makes everything but particularly the drum sound just like so huge so expansive yeah it's cool. incredible it sounds like there it's like sounds like it's in a church or something it's like the yeah heaviest drums I'm, I, I love that yeah <laughs> I, I was listening to uh was it the melvin no it was phantomas uh, okay you know like mike mike Patton and mm. and <clears throat> guy from the melvins and drummer from uh, sure. Slayer. Oh yeah, and and like it's massive, massive, massive sound. But everything mm. is just cranked up, you know. Yeah, and it's so yeah, impressive, yeah. just the fact that you can hear everything for a start. You know, you can hear the ghost notes on the snare if yeah. if it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, the sound is just walloping out at you. Mm. It's, yeah, it's stunning. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love yeah. the big punch in the face. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so like uh, going back a little bit. Yeah, I wanted to kind of get into talking about like jazz and stuff because mm. from what i've seen of your drumming like when you've come to my workshop you've sat and had a had a little kind of play obviously tried cymbals out yeah per, to me i know it's all just labels and whatever i'm, I'm just kind of interested in your yeah, take no on it, but like it's kind of jazz but i can see the influence of electronica mm. and and probably yeah i guess rock and stuff as well yeah, yeah, yeah. A different like a different kind of intensity and yeah almost kind of accuracy okay if thanks sort of yeah yeah totally <laughs> meant it's a good thing i'm glad you take it that way um yeah, yeah um uh, yeah that's kind of the best way i can describe it like okay. do you does is that jazz to yeah. you like to me jazz is just anything that you know jazz has meant lots of different things over the years right but i think sure. i think the only common thread is is like improvisation really okay and like sort of pure expression so anything where you're improvising in the moment i think or just expressing is jazz quote unquote i mean what is jazz but yeah that i i, I don't think jazz especially now there's so much like you know this new uk jazz scene there's so much that we are just calling jazz that yeah you can hear in the clubs you can hear in like you know much on played on big sound systems and mm. that's traditionally not what you think when you think jazz you think yeah, yeah. quartet with acoustic bass ding, 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 ding. but um yeah i mean my take on it um i have never studied like music i didn't do like a jazz course or anything yeah i did a maths degree yeah i was so, gonna come to that well uh you came to bristol to do that or yeah i grew up in london yeah uh Moved to Bristol to do a maths and computer science degree, rock and roll. Yeah. Um, and the only reason I did that degree was because the bassist in my band in London was going to 
uni and went to Nottingham uni and did that degree. Right. And, and I was, I was lucky. I was good at maths in school, whatever I was at the time I was a rock drummer. I didn't take lessons. I was just one of those. I was a bit arrogant teenager. I was like, I'm the best drummer ever. <laughs> um, but you know, I wasn't going anywhere as a drummer. I was almost yeah. just like a hobby drummer. Yeah. Uh, we playing in bands and stuff. Yeah. Though, I was playing like in bands doing. in London. Yeah. yeah. Um, not, not to any great success, but playing cool shows every so often and, yeah. you know, doing, doing, it was really fun. Um, but yeah, drums was just something that I really loved. And I was really into like the punk thing. Of, right. Like, yeah. I don't want to go and study drums. That's lame. <laughs> I want to just beat the crap out of the drums. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. So pure expression, man. Yeah. 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 Pure expression. Hashtag pure expression. That seems <laughs> to be the buzzword for this interview. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, where was I? Yeah, so I came to Bristol to do that degree, which was great. I met, and in, just in the process of doing that, I met loads of people in Bristol, loads of musicians. And so after four years of studying, I'd kind of met loads of musicians that I wanted, that were all staying in Bristol, and I wanted to keep playing with them and mm. kind of make bands with them. Mm. Uh, and so that happened about four or five years ago. I graduated, started living in Bristol, um, had a job for a year really didn't like working as a web developer right. so i quit and i'd saved up a tiny bit of money in that year and then just sort of quit and tried to do the drum thing and that's where that came about but in so it's only really in the last four or five years that i've really started thinking about practicing and you know getting better and yeah largely that's come from the jazz side of things i've got more and more into jazz uh in the, over the last few years just because i guess I've been, I've, I've reached a point where I'm like, okay, I can't blag my way through. You know, I, I really like this type of music now, mm. but I genuinely have, I'm being honest with myself. I can't play this and I don't know yeah. how. Yeah. So, you know, I sought out some lessons from certain people in the UK and um, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, so then I started really practicing about three, four years ago. And through that, I've discovered more jazz and the kind of jazz aesthetic and the jazz kind of, you know, just just the kind of love of practice. I've I've really cultivated this love of mm. learning about drums, mm. which has been amazing. Yeah. Um, but I still keep that punk aesthetic, hopefully, because I still on the gig. On I love, you know. I mean, it's not just about hitting the drums hard, but I do love beating the drums up sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I love playing on my edge. So I love playing right, yeah, at, yeah. at the edge of what's comfortable. Mm. I, I love when the when the music needs it. When the music needs uh you know, um, real simplicity and real relaxing stuff. Yeah, I play well within my comfort zone and sure. things are slow. But when the music is intense and when the music needs some kind of real tension, yeah, I'm going to push right to the limit of right. what I can physically play, get shit wrong, yeah, make mistakes. But that's part of it almost. That's you know? really performative then. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Kind of the, um, was it Robert Fripp? You're saying like if you make a mistake, like he's basically all mistakes. It's just kind of yeah, stringing yeah, them together. Miles Davis always. <clears throat> yeah. Was it Miles Davis? Like there's no such thing as a bad note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. Just how you. There's a there's a drumming hero of mine called Mark Juliana. Oh yeah, yeah, drumming hero of everyone. Yeah. Um, and I had the pleasure of meeting him at Ronnie Scott's. Oh nice. Last year you played. I didn't play. It's a funny story actually. Maybe we could get onto that. Yeah. How I ended up on Mark Giuliano's guest list at Ronnie Scott's. That was a very funny evening. Go there now. <laughs> Go there now if you want. Okay. Or just like tie up whatever, whatever um, you're going to say. What he was, so. I'll say what he, what he said when I was talking to him. He said, why play a perfect performance? That's so boring. He's like, get, like, go to the edge, man. Go, yeah. Make mistakes. That's exciting. Yeah. He was like, knock a cymbal over like get a hole in the tom skin or something like that's going to push you to think and create right beyond right. how you would if you were just sitting and playing everything that you could play perfectly and to have someone like that say that to you yeah yeah, yeah and i was like great thanks brilliant. mark yeah. <laughs> um the way i it kind of ties into what we were just talking about my kind of uh journey into jazz this about about a year and a quarter ago the start so we're we're, we're what may 2019 now about february last year 2018 I hashtag Instagram met this guy on Instagram uh, called Steve Lyman who and I I say met like I saw a video of him and I really liked it 
And at the time, I was really struggling. Well, actually, at the time, I'd just been in Australia for a couple of months. I'd taken a real break from music because I'd really dived into it hard and I'd mm. been touring a lot and been writing a lot and I just released a record with one of my projects and it all sort of, you know, everything was going, going, going and I was like, right, I need a break. So me and my partner went to Australia for a couple of months because my sister was living there. It was amazing. It was so good. Um, came back and I was sort of searching for inspiration and that's one of the good things about Instagram. You can kind of, if you use it wisely, you can mm. jump on and maybe find some stuff that's inspiring and then hopefully log off and don't spend <laughs> the whole day scrolling on it. Yeah, yeah. Like I do. Yeah. Um, yeah so I found this found this guy called Steve Lyman and I found a, uh, a, a sort of little video of him playing something that um, I really just, it just clicked with me. I really enjoyed what he was playing yeah. and it felt suitably like, you know, it wasn't so crazy complicated that I felt, oh, I can't achieve that. And But it was outside my comfort zones. I was like, okay, sure. I'm going to, you know, transcribe this and I'm going to learn it and I'm just going to post a little video of it on Instagram. Right. And so I did that and then he messaged me and said, oh man, that's great. Like, so cool that you did that. And then I mentioned that I was from the UK and he was like, oh wow, I'm so humbled that someone in the UK has done that. And he said, I really would like to come over to the UK and do some... Uh, like clinics because he's a professor in the US um, right. of like music mm. um, and long story short I ended up booking him a tour in the UK uh, like a 10 day clinic tour um, which happened in October last year which right. was amazing cool. and yeah. that was a very fun strange stressful beautiful <laughs> experience um, uh, yeah so he came over this this human being bought a however many thousand dollar ticket from the US to fly to London. I picked him up from the airport and then we did things that I'd organized. It was fucking scary. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Living the dream. Yeah. It was yeah. crazy, man. It was so weird. I mean, I've not, I'm, I'm not a tour manager. I'm not a booking agent, but yeah, for some reason I took it upon myself to do this and it was, it was an interesting learning curve, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he came to, the UK and on the day I found out the week before on the day that he was arriving Mark was playing at Ronnie's right yeah and long story short sort of Steve sort of knows Mark and I sort of know someone who could get me on the guest list at Ronnie's so we ended up on his guest list um and yeah it was great so we were sitting at the bar suddenly i was sitting at the bar with this guy steve lyman who's an incredible incredible drummer like yeah absolutely incredible sort of lived in new york for a while now lives in salt lake he's uh he's now like my mentor almost because as a you know we, we cultivated such a great friendship in that 10-day period and you know over skype between february and october last year we kind of he was giving me lessons and we were chatting and yeah great so he's a, he's a huge influence on me now, which is cool. awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we both, I found myself sitting in between him and the head of Gretsch A&R in Europe. <laughs> <clears throat> and then next to him was the head of like Remo A&R. Right. And next to him was the head of like Sabian A&R. So I was just, and then Mike Dolbear was on the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. And I was just sitting on these stools at, and I was at Ronnie Scott's on Mark's guest list, sitting next to all these titans. <laughs> And it was, it was a very strange moment where I was like, wow, this is quite cool. I'm watching some incredible drumming. Watching some incredible drumming, yeah. yeah. So I was very, very happy. And that was a very lovely start to that week. Um, I, yeah, I bet it was. Yeah, but I yeah. mean, you made that. You Ooh. made that happen. Like, yes, you made yes. your luck there, didn't you? By yeah, pushing yeah, yeah. yourself out there. Yeah, I'm very much about that. Yeah, I can, yeah, that's what I'm picking up. Like, when you were talking before about pushing yourself in playing and getting yeah. intensity into a performance through not like a rehearsed intensity, you know, yeah. where, like we'll lift it to this level and we'll play this riff and it will be intense. It's yeah. obviously you're improvising. So that's a bit different. Yeah. You're, you're just, there's a kind of, is it like an agreement to the, the other guys in the band do that as well? Like, well, it, does I mean, it kind of fall apart and then come back together? And well, so like in my other project, I have a project called cousin cooler that I'm also on tour with at the moment, kind of sporadically. Uh, and, and, you know, that's a band where there's six people, and the music is heavily composed. I mean, we, most of us are, again, quote unquote, jazz musicians. So sure. we love to improvise. And in other project, projects, we do improvise a lot more. Um, but in Cousin Cooler, you know, th there is a, a, 
to, to use your phrase, rehearsed intensity. You know, there, there are dynamic contours that are built into the tunes. Sure, yeah. And, and with that project, that works. Like, it yeah. works really well. Yeah. With six people, perhaps it's a little bit harder than f- three people to, to purely improvise that kind of thing. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, like, Cousin Cooler is, is, I mean, we call it psych pop. It's, 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 it's rock, it's prog, it's mm. jazz, but it, it's got, like, pop melodies on the top, lots of synths. So yeah, in, in, in that context, kind of you know, rehearsed dynamics really work. And, sure. Yeah. And and we can be very we've all got quite a good grasp of our instruments, so we can be very extreme with that or not so extreme, you know, it's quite nice because there's six people and there's lots of synths and lots of loud stuff. Um a lot of the time, like the whole frequency spectrum can be just jam packed. And, right, and yeah. that's and that's cool. Yeah. But then you know, we, we can rehearse stuff where suddenly we'll all like really bring it back and that could be quite dramatic. And yeah. perhaps it would be more difficult to improvise that. I mean, you could develop certain musical cues, but, mm. you know, and, and, and there are parts in the Cousin Cooler set that are left open, you know, there's mm. a, like a solo sections and stuff like that where we vibe it and we know each other so well that it's very easy to vibe it. Um, but yeah, with, with, with Waldo's, um, the dynamic contours and all that, that's all nothing is pre-rehearsed yeah. it's all in the moment and yeah and we just know each other's playing so well because we've been playing sort of we've been gigging together every week for two and a half years um at least every week at least once a week so you know if it, if if i do a certain thing alan and harry will pick up on that and mm. you know that will they'll know that if i'm doing a certain fill or beat or something you know that uh that means okay jim wants to to take this up and you know it might be that there there are times when we have like little eye contact across the stage and someone's picked up that one of the members is kind of trying to build the the dynamic and maybe i'll be like no actually i'm cool oh yeah i was gonna ask yeah if you but then that brings this kind of weird dichotomy like if the guitarist suddenly because alan has this really cool setup of pedals so he's a guitarist really doesn't sound like a guitarist i know that's kind of almost a cliche to say a guitar but doesn't sound like a guitar um but he, he really does have a quite a unique perspective on the guitar mm. um he has a sort of i don't know whether he'd mind me saying this but he has this i think it's super cool um this neurological condition that means that he can only really play kind of uh, non-chords. With chords, he can use all his fingers on the fretboard. Okay. But with sort of single note playing, he only really has the use of his index and his ring finger on his left hand. Okay. Because he has this uh, neurological condition called, I think it's called focal dystonia, where he's basically practiced too much and the neurological connections to his fingers have got a bit confused. Oh, right. So he doesn't have real, like, dexterous control of his middle finger and his little finger. Right. And that's led him to... I mean, he still sounds incredible. He plays so... He can play insanely quickly and insane stuff. Mm. Um, but it's it's just given, you know, out of uh, this, what you might see as a kind of drawback, it's really given him a really unique voice. Yeah, right, um, yeah. And I think it, the way he plays is incredible. I love it so much. And in in conjunction with that unique way that he navigates the fretboard, he's got this really cool sort of pedal set up and he builds loops in and kind of can almost create this orchestra of guitar. He, he's someone who's studied, like, he's obsessed with classical music and he's studied harmony and he's really mm. into it. Mm. So he can build these kind of orchestral movements on the guitar with his loop pedal and stuff like that. So sometimes it's really nice if I'm, if he's doing that and I just bubble along really sort of awkwardly not getting big and it creates this really strange tension, you know? Right. Okay. And, and yeah. And again, Waldo's are just about expressing and trying to find emotions and do mm. things. So, mm. so very much that is acceptable and okay. Yeah. And it's really cool. But similarly, there are times when all three of us are just like, yeah, this needs to absolutely kick off right now. Yeah. And yeah. Harry will play, you know, it, it's never like, it's very rarely we look at each other and go like, yeah, come on, let's go. It's, it's, it's become this organic thing, which is really lovely because we know each other's playing so well. That's yeah. A, we know each other's musical cues for like, let's kick off or let's yeah. chill out. Um, yeah. And yeah, so, so it just works and it, it, 
the contours kind of happen organically, which yeah. is really nice. Yeah, cool. Um, uh, I was going to say as well, I've, I um, on your Instagram, I see you post up at some bits now and again of your practicing mm. Mm. and what you've done a few times which i really like i love it when people do this they'll yeah. show themselves getting into something and there's one in particular in my mind where you're doing something very very fast with your right foot on on the kick <laughs> and and then you just kind of bungled it at the end a little bit yeah and, it's absolutely yeah <laughs> <laughs> but but good you know yeah you, yeah yeah you, you tried it and you did it for a long time obviously and then yeah. it just got the better of you for one reason or another yeah but yeah. you know why not show the cracks yeah, of course. I, I, I mean, see, you know, I mean, can I swear on this podcast? I will beep it, but you can you swear. Beep it. Yeah. Well, I mean, fuck per- perfect shit. <laughs> like all we got then was the word perfect with yeah. two beeps around it. <laughs> <laughs> Fill in the blanks. I mean, you know, it like that's why that's the bad thing about Instagram. Like you go on there and you literally see like I mean, this this is applicable to every discipline, every not just drums. Obviously, you can apply it to anything. You could apply it to someone's holiday photos. You could apply it to yeah, someone's brunch pictures or whatever. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you see fifty seconds or forty-five seconds of someone's drumming. You don't see before and after. You don't see the whole process. You don't see the fact that to play that super sweet lick, this man or woman has probably spent a whole day shedding that lick got it yeah. wrong a thousand times yeah there's no way there's no secret to being good at drums it's just you have to you know sure some people might be born with a slightly heightened sense of rhythm or something but mm. you just have to shed you just have to put in the hours and yeah right that's why if you know as drummers as musicians if you see someone who's really got an incredible grasp of their instrument or really just knows how to just write the most beautiful lyrics and like i don't know tell an incredible story you ha- you just automatically or at least i do have this incredible respect for them because i know yeah. that they've put in so much time and effort into their craft yeah yeah whereas in instagram you just see this 50 second thing you see like oh look how amazing i am i mean you know it's not always that but no, of course but i, I know what um, you're getting at yeah, yeah, you know, and you're not seeing the before, you're not seeing the after. Likewise, yeah. with a holiday snap, you know, you're seeing like someone might have just angled the thing right by the beach, you know, yeah. chopped out, cropped out the scaffolding to the left, like, oh, look, yeah. look, you know, you're not seeing the whole picture. It's just a picture. It's just a snapshot in time. Yeah, yeah. Great, great that that snapshot is awesome and really happy and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah. you know, so I've I've never been about that. I mean, I'm not trying to say that, oh, man, look at me, look how transparent I am. But Sure, that's just your way. That's, yeah. yeah, I mean that that particular video, that kind of pedal thing. I just bought I just bought that pedal. I I learned to play drums, so I had a few lessons at school when I just started. When my mum was like, "Yo, you got to stop tapping," um, and I learned on this old Premier drum kit at school, and it had this old like nineteen eighties pearl pedal, yeah, bass drum pedal, and it was had like a completely shiny non grippy foot plate mm. didn't have like a base it just had you know the two little wires two oh yeah yeah it's just a really lightweight pedal yeah and i just remember learning to play on that bass drum pedal and being able to play like doubles and things so fast and mm. i just loved it it was like there was nothing in between my foot and the beta it was just sure. so great and i had i bought a pearl like export as my first proper drum kit and the pedal that came with that was cool but i could never get it to like feel like that pedal and it was only like a few months ago i was like i really enjoyed playing on that pedal when i was like 12 let's see if there's one on ebay and there was one on ebay for like a tenner i was like yes <laughs> so i bought nice. it and man it's just so good great it's so good it's single chain yeah. no foot plate so yeah i just played i mean the only thing is it's kind of old so it's a bit rickety yeah so i didn't tour with it last week because chances are it probably would have broken okay um but yeah like that video I was in the studio and I had my other pedal with me anyway. So, and it's, it's just so, you know, for studio stuff, I tend to play a bit quieter cause I like playing a bit quieter, compressing the drums a bit more. Mm. Um, so for, for that purpose, like that pedal is great. Sure. And there's so few parts, it's not very squeaky or anything. It's, it's just really smooth. And yeah, just, I can play so fast on that pedal. <laughs> the pedal is just like lightning. Well, whatever works. Yeah. yeah, really. yeah. I love it. I love it. So yeah, that video was just me having fun with that pedal, and and it's a that's just like a kind of rhythmic pattern that I've been obsessed with for like a couple of years or something, and yeah. 
really try and I you know at some point I'll bring out some piece of music that has that when I can nail that <laughs> nail that pattern. still still going are you yeah still, yeah, yeah. Still well you saw I screwed up at the end <laughs> but um, yeah I really I really like that that pattern yeah and something I'll do something with it when I can nail it in yeah. a ferocious there's a drummer called Nate Wood who's from the states plays with a band called Kneebody right now mm-hmm. um, used to play with Tigran Hamasian who's a pianist oh yeah that goes pianist. back to the episode with Rich Cass yeah 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 yeah, yeah exactly did, yeah. yeah Rich has nailed those drum interpretations they're amazing um, yeah so Nate used to play with Tigran a while back um, even further before that he was the drummer for The Calling jokes okay <laughs> so he's come he's had a trajectory yeah uh but yeah his his i'm really influenced by his playing his bass drum stuff is just he's another one of those kind of new jazz drummers who's you know obviously got that apex thing just sure, yeah. amazing and mm. blah 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 yeah but his his bass drum work in particular is very inspiring to me and that pattern is inspired by him yeah yeah so you talking about that pedal that 10 pound off ebay gem that you managed to find just reminded me of of like when i started drumming and making cymbals as well Mm. the whole kind of process of making mistakes and working with what you got but in particular it reminded me coming back to cymbals um of uh i think i've talked about this before but interested to to hear your take on it like yeah i had a b8 a sabian b8 pro china symbol literally from the second i started drumming yeah. i just like you with chad smith you saw him playing a certain sort of thing so you got that certain sort of thing i saw yeah. someone somewhere hit a china loved the sound and thought i'm gonna get a china great so i did but that symbol total budget symbol b8 yeah. b8 pro slightly above the you know the lowest of the low <laughs> the pro but, line <laughs> yeah um but it was beautiful right. i loved it that china just went with me like around the world for a long time it's like, amazing it, it gave up eventually and yeah uh, but yeah lovely like is there any other kind of budget gear maybe specifically symbols like yeah. or even just like bits and pieces broken stuff yeah, i see people yeah, playing yeah. broken things oh, yeah and stacks all the broken and, stuff yeah yeah i've got um what have i got uh yeah, I use lots of bits and pieces, especially right. in the Waldo stuff, because I'm trying to sometimes emulate like an electronic world mm. of drums. So I've mm. got lots of bits and pieces, and they all are cymbals, really. So I've got, um, again, just like cheap stuff. So I guess maybe it's it's the minor equivalent of the B8 line, probably. It's just called like the Classics line or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those just like that. kind of B8 bronze, very yeah. like thick shiny orange looking <laughs> symbols yeah a bit like donald trump yeah thick, yeah yeah shiny and the trump of the symbols but yeah but not <laughs> um yeah i got a little bell of theirs like a eight inch classic classic bell or some medium bell or something that yeah again kind of either goes on the snare to, to just make a nice little pitch change and have a little extra summon mm. or it goes upside down maybe on the floor tom and it behaves like a bell but it kind of rattles on the floor tom a bit sure and that's something i picked up like a tenor on i think it was on like that one of those facebook drum oh yeah buying groups yeah um and then a simile i've got this little you know the company dream yeah i, I do i've never chinese yeah 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 i've never been so into their well actually no that's a lie I've I've played a few of their symbols that, that I've really enjoyed, yeah. but never like friends. I got like a dream sort of crash ride or something. But, mm. but yeah, I don't know. It's never like quite spoken to me in the same way, perhaps that your symbols have or like the Agop symbols have or something like that. Yeah. But um, they do all these little because they yeah they like a, they make symbols and gongs. That's their thing, and they do all these little mini chinas and mini gongs. Yeah. And they're super cheap. Yeah. Um. So I picked up one of their little mini chinas, uh, again, like 20 quid, and it's like this 12-inch weird thing with this sort of bubbling bell top thing. And it's great. I just put that on the floor tom, yeah. and it makes this horrible sort of white, noisy, trashy sound. Yeah. like Almost like you're hitting like a baking tin or something, but a really well-designed baking a nice tin. A nice baking tin. A nice baking tin. Yeah just this horrible like clangy sound but for you know when i want that kind of 
industrial mm. sort of, you know want to bring in some of that just literal raw metal yeah crap sounding stuff is perfect so yeah yeah all, all those cheap things and yeah they go around with me everywhere they're just in the bottom of the cymbal bag just i guess it's no sweat out. carrying no bit, bits and pieces really, no no it? and like an old splash symbol an old sabian splash symbol i can't remember i think it Oh, I mean, that might be an AAX one that I've had for ages, but yeah. that's all beat up and cracked now. But that yeah. just can go on a drum, make it sound like a clap, or go underneath a cymbal to do something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, all of all of those. And yeah, I used to, you know, I've still got like a, my, a, you know, my first set of cymbals that wasn't the ultimate rubbish ones that come with like a stag <laughs> beginner's drum kit. You yeah. know, those ones that are just like so warped. They just they, bend as soon as you hit them. Yeah, as yeah. soon as you touch them. yeah. It was like a Zildjian ZXT pack. Okay. And I still have the crash the crash from that. I broke it like three years into playing it. It just like cracked. And yeah, I've still got that. And I might chop it up and turn it into something fun. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So, so yeah, I, I mean, you know, with all the symbols that I've bought, I've never, you know, um, I don't, at, at the moment, I like I would never... It's just about what the sound you like, isn't it? Yeah, so, of course. Yeah. You know, I, I picked up that, the, the Agop ride, the, this 20th, 30th anniversary one that I've got is, I just bought that off someone in Bristol that played for, I was really lucky. I got it at a really good price and I bought it second hand off this guy who was the drummer in the Samaritans community big band. Oh, right. And he was just like, yeah, this ride isn't loud enough for the community big band. Um, he was just such a sweet old man. He came over. Um, he actually like delivered it to me personally uh, in Bristol. Nice. It's really lovely of him. Yeah, and uh, you know, I said, "Hey, can I try it out before um, I buy it?" And we put it on my drums. And the drums that I had set up, I used to live in a place where you could play drums, which was amazing. Um, and I had my little Gretsch Bop kit, oh, yeah. so like eighteen, twelve, fourteen, mm. a USA Gretsch kit. That's such a beautiful drum set. And we'd put the ride up on that um, up on that kit. And played it and it sounded amazing and the this old guy was just like i'm really sorry but do you mind if i have a little go with the ride on your drums i'm just and he's like i'm just so happy i've i feel okay selling it now because i you know you've got this gretsch bop kit and i feel happy that it's going to someone who plays a you know, gretsch right. bop kit and it's going to be used for its real purpose and blah 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 <laughs> but he was such a sweet old guy and he you know played played on the ride and the Gretsch and yeah he sounded great so yeah it was yeah so cool I think what point was I making just buy whatever you like yeah you know? right. have you ever uh, bought blind then do you ever kind of listen in online and make, take a punt I have taken one punt on a new symbol um and how did that go actually really well I was lucky okay yeah it was so the 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 two so on this tour I had your ride and then I had this other ride not the 30th anniversary, it was this um, Agop signature ride. It's a 20-inch mm-hmm. signature, and it's very dry, very low profile. Yeah. I think I brought it to you once, and I was, and you were like, oh, yeah, that's really low profile. Um, yeah. So it doesn't that, have yeah. much high frequency, yeah. which I love, because sometimes I want to play, sometimes I want to play a sort of chilled out beat or whatever, but the hi-hat is too short. I want to fill a bit of space. So that mm. ride is really good for that. Mm. Um, uh, I bought that blind. I bought that from Graham Russell drums because they had like a flash one day sale. Oh yeah. And I was like, screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to buy this ride. Take a risk. Yeah. <laughs> Take a risk. But the risk wore off. Yeah. The risk, risk paid off even. It's, it's a lovely, lovely symbol. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've bought a few things secondhand, like on a punt just because mm. they've been secondhand and kind of cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the only new symbol that I've taken a real punt on. Mm. But, um, but yeah, like yeah, like I've got with the Waldos and the Cousin Cooler stuff. I use this little stack that that's a minor thing, and I've never really like got on with minor symbols that well. Don't know why. Yeah, mate. I found like one ride once that was really cool when I was on that tour with Steve, this guy in Birmingham, where we were doing a clinic. Had a ride that was. I don't know, a minor 22-inch like jazz ride. And that was really nice. But yeah. apart from that, I haven't really heard any that I'm really like, yes. Um, but yeah, I've got a little, again, like a classics line, mm-hmm. just two little splashes that have holes in that they've kind of marketed as a little stack. Okay, yeah. And yeah, because yeah, I just wanted something like an alt hi-hat sound that could also maybe double up as a little clappy snare thing. Sure, yeah. And that's great. Yeah. And 
that sounded super cheap and it was it was really cheap mm. and then just one time when i was in the studio with with cooler we were recording it and it just had a bit it was a bit overtony it had a bit of like a wee, like a kind of ring to it yeah so um we were like oh maybe we could put like a sock in the middle of it or something and the engineer just got like an old t-shirt out of the lost property and like cut the sleeve off <laughs> and right. so and now just wherever i go there's just a bit of sleeve <laughs> in this stack oh, right permanent it, fixture permanent fixture Great. i tore around with a bit of sleeve nice. from the invader studio lost property oh uh, yeah yeah cool and it's it genuinely makes it sound so much better and like so cool whatever well, you, there's a bit of sleeve in there yeah just literally can, duct taped in <laughs> give me some marketing ideas there i should yeah, yeah, yeah. sell my symbols with a bit of sleeve feet and, sleeve yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool well l- listen man this is um going really well too well in fact um so Lovely. like we'll start thinking about wrapping up i yeah um i was going to ask earlier you you're doing these records uh and you've just released one is this yeah. on your label you run astral tusk is yeah that, that correct that's that's yeah we put it out on our own label yeah 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 that that thing um it was it's it's more of a so it is a label i guess technically mm. in the sense that we made up that name and called it a label okay. um uh yeah, it was more like an idea between us and between uh, us. All these kind of bands that are coming up in Bristol is in the kind of what we would call the new Bristol jazz scene. Mm. And the owner of the Gallimalfrey, James, who a lot of these bands you know, pl- have played for at his venue. And we kind of thought, hey, we should make an umbrella term that kind of unifies all of these musical projects. And right. So that's that's what that is. I'm yeah, it's, it's very early stages. We're just stamping it on things, but I really do want to just. I mean, whether it's with Astral Tusk or not, I just want to really celebrate. There's so much good music in Bristol right now, and yeah, and I'm very privileged to be a part of it. Mm. Um, you yeah, know, you seem very active. I mean, you seem to be yeah, very much part of it. I'm very much. That's just the kind of person I am. I just love doing new. You know, almost to my detriment sometimes I, I want to do as much as I possibly can yeah yeah um so yeah 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 um I've got a few projects that are in that bubble um and there's just loads and loads and loads of bands that are just incredible I could list a million but there's yeah there's loads there's there's like uh I'll list them there's Snazback who are amazing yeah and you know Chris Langton, I was who, actually I was gonna come to all the, okay. yeah carry oh, on we'll come, yeah yeah the band called Hippo who the the sax player from uh, Cousin Cooler, that's his project. The, sorry, the sax and like synth players, that's a sort of synthy trio. Yeah. And the keys player in that band plays in my other project called Feel Good Experiment. Um, and Holly, my partner who sings in that, has her own project called Helicius Fly. Um, there's China Bowles who also collaborates with Snazback. Yeah. Um, there's just loads of people, man. And there's... Sol Solomon Ob, who's an incredible wordsmith, MC, poet, like who we've collaborated with with Waldo's. Um, man, I could just list so many now. I really feel like I've missed some out, but yeah. Well, <laughs> well I was going to talk about that because uh, you know I'm 40 now, and when I was like 18, 19, 20, I was just gigging yeah. all the time in Bristol. Yeah, and so I just made loads of friends. I, I yeah, wouldn't say things weren't really as collaborative. We were all in sort of noisy post rock bands or whatever yeah which was great you know mm. we just made loads of friends did loads of gigs together of some of us went off and toured others did others you know everyone just goes off and does their thing yeah but then like you know you you kind of get into your 30s and people kind of fall off the radar a bit and i did and like i went off touring had a family and yeah i yeah, kind yeah. of missed out i took my finger off the pulse of bristol mm. and now it's funny i don't think this would happen for a lot of people i'm really glad it has for me making symbols now i'm starting to meet guys like yourself <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. like chris langton from snazback yeah. like you mentioned and dan johnson yeah you know from oh, run, from logan, run, run. logan run shout out run logan run yeah big shout yeah. out um so yeah, it's just suddenly I'm seeing wow, there's all these really great players mm. suddenly there. I mean, <coughs> I doubt it is suddenly. It's just that I wasn't watching for a long yeah, time. Yeah, it's been bubbling for a few years. Yeah, yeah, but but it and like the drummers on the scene are just amazing. Like mm. again, yourself, Dan, oh, Chris, uh, Ollie. You know, yeah, Ollie Coke up, yeah, Coke yeah, up yeah. Mason, or yeah, just yeah, yeah. Suddenly they're they're everywhere. But you all know each other, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. If you were to draw a family tree. You need yeah, like exactly. some some kind of three D modeling software. <laughs> it's, it's just so. It's very 
interconnected yeah, yeah which is brilliant it's, it's so amazing nice to see yeah it's awesome um yeah and it seems to be happening like all over the uk it's really cool like right because similarly to what you described feeling like you'd put your finger off the pulse i have this perpetual sort of insecurity about the fact that i left london just as this new london jazz scene erupted right, i mean not yeah. that i was ever a part of it but and i don't know there's probably this is just my own insecurity but yeah so i have this constant like i mean the guys in waldo's always take the piss out of me for constantly saying on the mic well I'd, actually i never say on the mic that i'm from london but i often if i meet someone from london i'm like yeah i'm from london do i <laughs> <laughs> um but um yeah it seems you know there was this bubble that came up in in london and then um yeah so the the london thing was quite isolated um but now it seems like you know it's not just about london london is collaborating with bristol bristol's collaborating with leeds leeds is collaborating with manchester and everything is just in birmingham and everything is just you know mushing into this big young uk scene which is yeah awesome. yeah you know there's that's great there's a jazz festival in stroud of all places that's run by a really great friend of mine rob pemberton i know well, rob yeah, yeah. yeah you know rob yeah because yeah. he's got some of your symbols yeah yeah, yeah. so rob Rob is amazing. Rob's an amazing drummer, amazing musician, amazing, just lovely human being. And he's, yeah, he set up this jazz festival in Stroud that is like such a beautiful like um, thing that, that brings loads of awesome musicians from close by in Bristol mm -hmm. and brings loads of musicians, like loads of the big names in this new scene from London, yeah. mixes them all up and it's, it's really awesome, yeah. So, right. like, I'm playing there this weekend. It's, it's this weekend coming up um, with Ishmael Ensemble, who are, mm -hmm. like, Bristol. We're sharing a lineup with uh, Emma Jean Thackeray, who's from London, who's an incredible trumpeter and producer. Um, and then after us, there's Vels Trio, who are another big mm -hmm. name on the London scene. Mm. And last year, Waldo's played, and we sort of hosted, like, the Late Night Jam in collaboration with all these london mcs and producers and poets and that was really really fun and really special yeah and it's just cool that that there is this big collaborative effort between all these 20 something year olds yeah. who just love this new kind of jazz and lo who really share the same you know you know, feelings about music it's, it's amazing and, I'm, and it's yeah it's just it's just really cool we've had the pleasure with all those of inviting some of these bands from all around the country mm. to come and sort of guest in our little residency at the galley so i've met lots of great musicians through there yeah um and then you know they they're very lovely and they've like returned the favor so we've through that we've been able to go and play cool shows in london manchester mm. leeds all these other places mm, um so yeah man it's, it's really good yeah it's really cool it's it's a good there's a good thing going on right now yeah i mean working as a musician isn't always easy no anyway so no so like the fact that there's a network and it's not, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I suppose, you you know, you're obviously people aren't just doing it because it's hard to do. It's like yeah. you say, it's the shared experience of music. Yeah, of but course. But then you're man. all in the same boat, aren't you? You need, yeah. you need to, well, you need to earn a crust as well. Of but course. You, you need to play music and meet yeah. people and, yeah. you know. I mean, none of us creative. would be, you know, if, if we were in it for the money, we wouldn't be playing experimental Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah it's, it's, it's a really beautiful thing. It's really cool, like... All around the UK and even Europe, you know, I'm connecting with lots of people in Europe. I'm connecting with people in the US. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, like, and Australia. Shit. Like, you know, last year, like me and my partner, we were out in Melbourne and we just, funny story, on New Year's Eve, we arrived in Melbourne on New Year's Eve. And this was after a, a month or so of both of us had just detoxed from music. We'd been very remote areas of Australia. Yeah like barely any phone signal let alone jam S sessions or whatever great. yeah it was amazing it was absolutely amazing we landed in melbourne we knew and we'd kind of booked sort of two and a half weeks in melbourne at the end of our trip because we wanted to i mean two and a half weeks isn't enough to explore the melbourne music scene but mm. we knew that we'd we would have been away from music for a while and we wanted to just kind of jump in and have like a big music rekindling session and literally on the, we arrived we flew in on New Year's Eve, went straight to this area that a friend of a friend had recommended to go. And they were like, just go to a bar on New Year's Eve. Like, you know, you'll have a good time. But <clears throat> New Year's Day, there's loads of music festivals and that's where the real party is. They celebrate New Year's Day almost more than New oh, Year's right. Eve. 
um, because it's like middle of summer. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. So big music festival season. Yeah. But literally we, we landed and we just went to this area. We, we spent New Year's in this bar and it got to about 2 a.m. We were a bit like, oh, we've been traveling. We're going to this music festival in the morning. Um, let's go to bed. And then we were just walking home and I just heard this drums. And I was like, that's live drums. I know that's live drums. And that sounds really cool. Yeah. And Holly was like, no, I think it's just a DJ. And I was like, no, I haven't heard live drums for a month <laughs> and a half. I know that is live drums. And we sort of like followed this network of little alleyways until we got to this little garage with like probably like two or three feet little cracked door at the bottom. And so we like climbed underneath, went up, and there was this band called 3070 who are from Melbourne who yeah. we literally loved and we were we literally bought tickets to this festival to go and see the next day oh right and we were in their house Whoa. at their new year's house party <laughs> and they were playing at their own house party yeah and we were like oh my god what the hell we've just like hit gold so we kind of made friends with them hung out with them hung out with them the next day at the festival but you crashed it you we crashed their party yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> of course but they were very lovely in in that and then they you know they came and toured the uk few months later and right. we supported them in bristol cool and got to we were playing some of the same festivals as them in, in the uk and we got to hang out and so yeah like there's this whole that's a very long-winded way of adding to this big connection thing around the world but yeah it's awesome man the, that's a great story though it's, it's, yeah it's such how a good these story. things come about it's, yeah 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 and yeah. they're coming back to the uk this summer as well so I look great. forward to hanging again but yeah it's really cool man. oh that's yeah, yeah. good um, yeah, mm. man, this has been very good. Um, we, we should wrap up because we're, yeah. we're going to be into like a two-part episode here. <laughs> um, so just briefly, what's what's coming up for you? You say you've got some more shows yeah. coming. Um, yeah, this weekend um, I'm doing the Dot to Dot kind of tour, festival tour, which is Manchester, Bristol and Nottingham with Cousin Cooler. We're about to put out an EP, do some summer festivals. Um at the same time, I'm finishing off this Ishmael Ensemble Waldo's Gift Tour. We're going, uh, we've got like a few shows left on that next week. Playing Stroud Jazz Festival this weekend as well. So got to do a bit of festival hopping this weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah, Waldo's are playing Ronnie Scott. So I'm making my Ronnie Scott's debut. When in a couple, that? That's on the 6th of June. Great. Which I'm like almost overwhelmed by. That's pretty nuts. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, so... And then just, yeah, a load of cool shows over summer. Waldo's are doing a few festivals, uh, festival slots where we're playing our Aphex Twin reworks. Yeah. Should be cool. Great. Um, yeah, man. It's just, it's just gigs. It's just kind of connecting, going to Europe at, at the end of summer with, to do some shows, do some festivals. Um, yeah. Great. Right, got another record out in the end of the year maybe with Waldo's that's still TBC mm -hmm. but yeah you know just 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 going just playing and Great. enjoying it how yeah. about how about gear wise are you settled on your setup as it is Sounds I'm like really got, happy with it right yeah, now man works for symbol you, wise and you know I'm always I'm a bit I was never a gear nerd as such yeah but I've really become a bit of a symbol symbol hoarder <laughs> so I'm sure you'll Good. see me quite soon <laughs> Good. yeah Great. I'm always in for some new symbols. Okay, cool. Yeah. If you can hear that scratching, my cat's just woken up. So Oi. that's probably an omen. That's, <laughs> it's probably time to say thanks very much to hey. James Vine. Cheers for joining me. It's been really interesting. Hey, thanks so much, Dave. Cool. It's been all, great. All the best. Yeah, you too. <laughs>